The Money Show. The Africa Business Report. The Africa Business Report brought to you by SAA. The ones who fly SAA's growing route network now flying to Blantyre, Lilongwe, Vic Falls and Vintok. Dr. Rutendo Huindingui is with us this evening. Founding Director, Tribe Africa, advisory and author of Rumble in the Jungle and Rumble in the Jungle Reloaded. You've got to roll with it, you see. Um, a McKinsey report called Reimagining Economic Growth in Africa. Now, let's put aside all of the sins of McKinsey. and uh, <laughs> uh, It still does good research. It still has employs very smart people and it still is... Uh, plays a critical role in shaping how we think about the world. How are they reimagining economic growth in Africa? Uh, good evening to you, Bruce. Always good to to have you, and I always enjoy being on your on your show. Yeah, the McKinsey robot, obviously putting aside um, the controversies of the past. I think uh, if you remember in 2016, they released that uh, quite a highly impactful report called. Uh, the lions on the move, which actually quite gave some nice synopsis of the African market. But I think for the 2023 report that's come out, I think some of the highlights is that they expect by 2040, 500 million people in Africa moving from the rural to the urban areas. And they say that's the fastest movement of urbanization in the world. So that's quite a nice stat to have just in terms of economic potential. And I think the other thing that sticks out is that there's quite a significant move from uh, focusing on extractives and agriculture, which has been sort of the bastion of the African economy, to services. And they, I think they've mentioned that in the last sort of, uh, since 2019, that has grown from 30 to 39%. So uh, some nice positives there, just in terms of where Africa is going. Uh, we've got our challenges, but some nice positives that the McKinsey report highlights there, Bruce. What sort of things are they noticing? What are they seeing and as an advancement on that 2016 Lions on the Move report? I think one of the big things that they've highlighted that there's a potentially three million, three trillion. Sorry, I'm confusing my my trees and my. There's M- lots of lots of zeros. Don't worry about this. <laughs> I feel like a former president of South Africa. Uh, three trillion. <laughs> uh, I'll be in trouble if I'm on live radio. But the three trillion in consumer spending that's potentially there to be unlocked, uh, and I think there's a targeted audience of about 250 million. But the thing that they highlight the most is that uh, obviously we've got a great population, but population doesn't translate to economic power if there's no productivity. Uh, so there's that continuous essence that uh, even though we've got. 250 million base of consumer power uh, that can unlock 3 trillion uh, US dollars of of value, uh, they have to be productive, they have to have jobs, uh, they have to be a sound base of entrepreneurs. So that for me is quite a big thing and just highlights again that the potential is there, but unfortunately there's a lot more work economically, generically across the continent. It differs from country to country that has to be done to unlock this uh, economic power. Yeah, I mean, I just mentioned a, a stat earlier to say in the last eight months, a million people have been added to the Egyptian economy, taking it to 105 million people. Yeah. And I'm sure similar numbers are being repeated across the African continent. I mean, the huge demographic shift that is happening on the African continent as the continent awakens, if you like, from uh, from years of, of slumber, yeah. economic slumber, um, is, is quite extraordinary. And I, I'm, I'm suspecting that a lot more people than just McKinsey are going to be paying a lot more attention in the decade or two ahead than perhaps they ever have in the past. No, they will. And I think that's why it's so important in terms of driving the services economy because not only do you tap into the uh, to the African continent in terms of, of growth as an industry, but it allows you globally, whether it's through outsourcing, whether it's through leveraging technology, uh, the gig economy, it just gives you a greater slice of the pie uh, from a global perspective that you can invest in as an African continent based on the resources and the capabilities you have.
Then talk to me about Senegal and both the UN and the AU now beginning to speak about this conflict in Senegal. The death toll is rising. Um, It is concerning, of course. These things have a habit of spiraling out of control very, very quickly indeed. Is anybody going to pay attention, I wonder? Yeah, it's always a sad thing. But I think what's what's sad in this fact is that Senegal itself has been quite a, a role model in Western Africa with regards to peace. And uh, what's triggered this is that there's the opposition leader. And I want to bring parallels to, to Nigeria to a certain extent, and I'll get on to that. But there's the opposition leader, Osomani Sonko, who's been arrested, or who's been charged uh, for a number of issues and which people feel are unfair. And uh, in line with this, uh, obviously, he's an opposition person to, to Mackie Sol, the country, the current president. But all of this was triggered out of the fact that uh, he's coming to the end of his second term uh, and he hasn't said he'll step down. So it's created a lot of discomfort. The youth have taken to the streets. And once again, you have a situation where the old guard and the new guard, the whole succession model is not working. And unfortunately, it's the citizens on the streets. So a number of people have passed away. And they're just hoping some sort of semblance will actually come to the leadership and things get become right. But it's never great, more so in a country like Senegal, that has got uh, that is a, a strong history of peace and 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 calmness. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, and you know, the uh, you talk about Nigeria and the the youth versus age thing. Um, again, the young population, older leaders. There's got to be some sort of flex in terms of the way in which this continent, the countries of this continent are governed. You can't have old people shouting at young people all the time. They, young people eventually get fed up. No, it's true. And uh, when they say young people, I'm also assuming they refer to you and I, Bruce. Because no, of course. No, no, because old people govern. <laughs> Youngsters like us. Youngsters like us. But, you know, you know I've, I've mentioned before, by 2050, you know, 40% of the world's youth will be in Africa. So we have to be more realistic that if we don't have a leadership succession political model that actually integrates seamlessly with the old guard and the new guard. Uh, we cannot. We can only frustrate or put the cap on the bottle of the youth, of the potentially growing youth leadership on the continent. I've talked about that migration from urban to rural, uh, from rural to urban of the 500 million from the McKinsey report. A bulk of that are young people. Uh, your your gogos and your sekurus don't usually move into the urban area. So, a valid point there, and something that we have to watch. Make my technical producer, George, happy, please. Talk to me about NBA, Africa Basketball League. Um, you know, the NBA is a global phenomenon, and um, I, 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 I don't understand basketball. I played a little bit at school. I hurt my fingers. I'm not tall enough, not fast enough, not flexible enough, not talented enough. Um, and the rules are beyond me. But I get it as a business opportunity. I get it as a global phenomenon. I get it as huge sponsorship opportunity. What is the big opportunity that is being presented here? I think the exciting thing, and I, I love basketball as a passion, so it's close to my heart, so definitely willing to give you private lessons uh, at, <laughs> at a US dollar rate. Uh, Bruce. <laughs> give, give up while you're ahead. <laughs> give, give up while you're ahead. But, but I think the exciting thing, first and foremost, you know, uh, in terms of them growing on the African continent, this is the only, the, there's a specific tournament that, uh, and it's the only time that has happened in the history of NBA that they've sanctioned an official tournament as NBA outside the United States of America and it's called the Basketball Africa League and the purpose of it was to specifically invest in Africa, grow talent but make an impact on the ecosystem and in end of May they've just finished that tournament there were about 12 different African countries that participated which is all a great story but if you look from a business perspective um, I think at the, in, by 2019 
the investment that NBA coordinated with the rest of key business players in Africa was about one billion US dollars. So the value of that African entity or Basketball Africa League, which is obviously supported by NBA, is about one billion US dollar. And they've got key stakeholders there that are a part of the board and shareholders. I think they've got Obama, their former president of the United States, Forrest Whitaker. Uh, they've also got, I think, Dambisa Moyo. So it's a lot of exciting stuff from a, from a continental perspective. And over and above that, you know, the last tournament they've just finished, which was in Rwanda, Kigali, with our good friend uh, Paul Kagame, it was estimated in terms of watching and viewership, 214 countries uh, and 17 languages. And they'd... Former NBA players that were there from the Knicks, from the Lakers, from Detroit Pistons, uh, and even one team from South Africa participated. So in a nutshell, really exciting stuff just from an Africa story in terms of multinational investment, a popular sport. Yes, cricket and soccer have been popular, but this is a growing lifestyle sport. So it's really exciting in terms of where this is going, Bruce. I shall be paying more attention on your advice, Rutendo. Thank you very much indeed. Dr. Rutendo Huindingui, the founding director at Tribe Africa Advisory, the author of Rumble in the Jungle, reloaded this evening with our Africa Business Report.